Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the Reds Unrestricted podcast. I'm your host David Comerford and I'm joined by Matt Addison as we discuss Liverpool's 1-0 win over West Ham and look ahead to Saturday's game against Nottingham Forest. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. So it's three wins in a row for Liverpool and back-to-back clean sheets. A 1-0 victory over West Ham, courtesy of a first half-header from Darwin Nunez. Alisson saved the penalty from Jared Bowen just before half-time. Liverpool just about held on in the second half. So I'm joined by Matt Addison, like I said in the intro, making his third appearance on the podcast, I think. Uh, thanks for coming on, Matt. We'll start, as we usually do, with our three-word match reviews. And also, what was your assessment of that Liverpool performance? Yeah, I mean, I was having a little think about the uh, the three-word match report. I think a little bit fortunate is probably the uh, the words I'd, I'd go with. I think Liverpool, they didn't play great. Anfield was, was very, very different in terms of the atmosphere compared to what it was at the weekend. And I don't know if they just put so much into the Manchester City game that this was just a little bit, a little bit of a hangover from that. Maybe you know put so much in that they didn't have quite the, the energy and weren't able to get themselves up as much. But they just had to, to win. I think that was the, the main thing really. It, it would have been you know a waste of what happened on Sunday if they hadn't got the three points. Like I say, a little bit lucky to, to do that in a couple of moments. Obviously the, the penalty daft from Joe Gomez to, to give it away, and obviously a, a great save from Allison. Brilliant from James Milner near the end as well to, to help stop the, uh, the the goal. I think it was Suchek, wasn't it, who was coming in to, uh, to, to get on the end of, of that. So, yeah, Liverpool weren't great. Darwin Nunez had a couple of shots from distance, but there weren't loads and loads and loads of chances. At the same time, Liverpool were in a little bit of, of control in, in certain periods, but just didn't quite get the, the second goal, really, which would have killed it. So, it wasn't a perfect performance, but I think um, any win against what is a very, very good West Ham team They've not started the season well, of course, but I do think they've got a lot of good players within the team. I think you know, any any win really is, is good, but certainly off the back of what happened at the weekend, I think it's just exactly what Liverpool needed. And my review touches on something you mentioned there, which is the, the block from James Milner. So I went with uh, Milner, the saviour, for my review. So the first 40 minutes, I'd say, Liverpool are dominant in the game. I don't think they're playing brilliantly like it's like you say the volume of of high quality chances maybe wasn't really there but you know we were on top we were restricting West Ham to very little Nunez obviously the player having um most of the opportunities and, and we'll talk about him in a minute I don't think it was particularly fluid it didn't feel like I think I think we we did get into a little bit of a rhythm but it didn't feel like we were just sort of this kind of chance creation machine within that then obviously you have kind of late on in the half um we were kind of glad to hear the half-time whistle because we have the, the spell of pressure from West Ham and, and obviously the penalty saved by Allison. And then the second half was was strange. West Ham, I thought, were very poor in the first half. I thought the amount of loose passes, um, Allison was sort of misplacing it from the back. And even then they were sloppy. They weren't able to sort of fashion a chance out of it. And it was strange to see that because normally you'll have a team come to Anfield, kind of mid-table side, and really raise their level regardless of their situation. We saw Brighton do that um, a couple of weeks ago, and since then they've not scored a goal. And so I think that's a prime example. So it was kind of strange to see a team under-deliver at Anfield. 
But then they come out second half and they look like a different side completely, uh, led by Declan Rice, who, who was amazing, in fairness, in that second half. And even dominate the ball against Liverpool, which I think is really interesting in terms of what Klopp is kind of doing with this side at the moment. Um, West Ham, I think, are, are generally quite a low possession side. They're, they're quite direct and also kind of sit back quite a bit um, when the team has the ball. So, so that surprised me. And I think the game management from Liverpool, like it was against Brighton in that game I mentioned, was poor. Um, and defensively, it wasn't brilliant either, I think. Um, it, in a few moments, just the inability to to hold on to the ball for a sustained period, I think, invites pressure on the defense. I think we saw that, and then obviously you have that moment, which kind of sums it up in a way that, that the defending. Um, I think it was Fabinho, Henderson, and Trent all in there. None of them could get it clear, and you've got to rely on a piece of heroism from from Milner to kind of bail you out. And there was a few other opportunities too. So nervy and lucky, I think, are, t- are two words that that come to mind with it. But I want to touch on your kind of assessments again, because you say like the main thing was was just getting the three points tonight. Obviously, we had the game against City at the weekend and we all kind of thought this is a huge one tonight now because it defines um, the season in some respects, because can you take a huge victory like that and use it as a launch pad or is it going to be two steps back again? So how do we feel about this? Because like I say, there was a big element of, of luck in the victory and the performance might have been a concern, but are you just looking at it and thinking all that mattered tonight was the three points? Yeah, I think so. I think just because it was West Ham, I think if, if it had been the other way around and this was Nottingham Forest and obviously there's, there's a bit of a gap, I think, between those two teams in terms of quality. If, if the West Ham game was at the weekend and, and Forest was today, then I think Maybe, you know, if Liverpool had played like that and given up those sorts of chances, maybe you'd look at it a little bit differently. But I do think West Ham have got some good players. Like you mentioned, Declan Rice, I thought was excellent. I think Skamaka did pretty well. You know, Liverpool were never going to have it all their own way. They always have difficult games against West Ham. They obviously had the, the poor game away from home, particularly last season. I seem to remember there was a home game against them as well that wasn't particularly sort of convincing a little bit like tonight. But it's just... I think it's it was just important to get the victory. I think for Liverpool, really, the, the season can be kick-started if they can now make it three wins from three this week. City, then West Ham, and then go to Forest, which obviously won't be easy, but I think it's certainly the easiest of, of the three fixtures. I think if they can get that done, that then becomes a bit of a platform. But if they hadn't have won tonight or if they don't win on Saturday lunchtime, then I think we are kind of back to, to square one again with Liverpool. I think we're, we're looking at it in a case of, you know, one step forward, one step back, two to the side, whatever you want to call it, it's it just becomes a little bit frustrating again. And there were there were a number of moments I thought tonight watching it where I was a bit a bit wary of of that becoming the case. I think you know, West Ham. I'm sure David Moyes and his players will come away from from Anfield tonight and think that they could have maybe got something, maybe deserved something. Obviously, the penalty, that the other chances we talked about. I think if they had have come away with something, I think then. You know, we're talking about it very differently, but sometimes you just get that little bit of luck. And there's been certain points in the season where Liverpool haven't had that. I think they were unfortunate against Arsenal, even though they didn't play particularly well, for example. Been a couple of other games as well where you think, you know, in other seasons maybe they would have just got away with it and it would have been all right. But 
hasn't been the case up to this point, but it, it probably was tonight. And it, if it can be, like I say, three wins from three, Forest on Saturday, beat them, suddenly then you're looking at Liverpool season, and you know, it, it's in a completely different way. And I think you've also got to look back, you know, you talk about that, the away game against West Ham last season, even the home game. I think obviously in March, slap bang in the middle of the quadruple push, West Ham are really threatening us there. I think they missed a couple of really good opportunities to get a, a draw. So, like I say, even though they are struggling a bit more this season, the, the quality that they have available, you know, bringing like Antonio off the bench, for example, um, I think who they said in commentary, their record Premier League goal scorer says, you know, that they do have a lot of options at their disposal. So a tough fixture. Reminded me in some respects of Newcastle in August. Obviously, I think that was after the 9-0 win against Bournemouth. So you got kind of a amazing performance and then a shakier one where you, you just about kind of grind out the results. So I, I don't really know how to feel in this moment. I, I wanted the the performance and the result tonight um, just to kind of really show that we had turned the corner and, and given how brilliant we were at the weekend. But, you know, there is mitigation, I think, whilst there were a lot of changes. Um, you can look at that and say, can you use fatigue as an excuse, but also how much can you kind of generate momentum um, from that game when when you do make quite a lot of tweaks to the lineup. So I guess the, the kind of line to draw under that is to say, like you allude to, Matt, it's all going to kind of depend on how the week kind of finishes off now with that Nottingham Forest game and whether we can make a sort of three wins from three. Because then if this now kind of preludes a two steps back situation against Forest, then it's going to feel like Man City really was just a, almost a, a high pointer and not really a reflection of turning a corner. So we will have to see on that one. But moving on to individuals, um, I guess we'll start with, with Nunez, the scorer of the winning goal. Again, at pretty much at the centre of the action. And again, probably a mixed a mixed report card for me to say. So, so what did you make of not only his goal, but his uh, performance in general in the 57 minutes I think he played? It was just more of the same, really, wasn't it? I think it was a little bit chaotic, a little bit disjointed almost, a little bit detached from the rest of his teammates at certain times. There was the one where he, he shoots with his left foot, the, the one that he hit the post with, and there was one where Thiago knocked it over the top, and there's... There's certainly, there's certainly good signs. He's getting into the positions, but he's not necessarily kind of finishing those chances in the way that what we saw him, him do that for Benfica a lot of times last season, not least at Anfield. I think there was you know, a couple, okay, one or two of them were offside in that game, but all of the finishes that he did then were kind of really finessed and into the corner where at the moment it just seems to be that he's rushing it a little bit. He's kind of just hitting the target and trying to power shots towards goal, but you know, obviously, you will just basically hit the goalkeeper a few times if, if you do that. It's got to be a little bit more considered, a little bit more sort of accurate and, and into the corner, I think, from him. And I don't know, maybe maybe it'll just take a few more goals from him. I think that was his first Anfield goal, wasn't it? So maybe it's just a case of needing, you know, one or two of those to go in and, and then maybe he relaxes. But I don't know, it, it still doesn't feel quite right to me at the moment. I'm not 100% convinced yet on this new formation. I think that was part of, of the reason really why Liverpool didn't particularly control much of, of the game in terms of you know having the ball and being able to keep it. I think it probably doesn't help with two midfielders there. I'm still not quite sure how Nunez and, and Salah link together and, and how that works as well. So 
there's still there's still a few question marks. I think he still, to me, at this point, looks like a bit more of an individual rather than someone who's properly integrated into the team. And you know, I suppose in in some ways that's to be expected. It's still early days, isn't it? But yeah, the, the goals will continue to come. I'm pretty confident he'll get you know even more of those, uh, even though his his record actually per per minute it, or per ninety minutes or whatever uh, is actually quite good so far. But I do think that will improve. I do think his sort of movement is, is showing good signs, but he's just such a strange one to analyse because he'll do one thing brilliantly and then the next thing is, is terrible and there's not really too much in between. So, yeah, still early days for him. I'm certainly a lot less concerned now than what I was at a certain point. I think as long as he keeps scoring the goals, then it's not the end of the world if, if the rest of it looks a little bit clunky. But, uh, yeah, I think I think he will improve, but it was... It was another performance, really, where chaos is probably the best word to, to describe it. And I'm not sure that chaos is, is necessarily the best thing for Liverpool in a game where they're a goal up and, and just need a little bit of control. Yeah, definitely. I think what you say in terms of it, it goes from kind of the sublime to ridiculous with Nunez it is, is pretty accurate, to be fair. And because of that, it is really hard to make that kind of measured assessment of him because you're watching it and it's like, all of you know, on the one hand, he's you know smashing that shot off the post. The other one that Fabianski tips over the bar, and then just the one I think, I think it was after he hit the post, and then it comes back down. He hits it on his right foot, and he just completely slices it wide. I think if you're looking for a source of his career at Liverpool so far in a microcosm, you'd probably just look at that that sort of sequence. I'd say. Um, you mentioned about the record. I had a look at it after the game. So he's played 573 minutes now and scored five goals. That's one every 115 minutes, which I look at and I think for a new striker arriving in the Premier League is is pretty solid. You know, that's a decent record. And I think we've maybe lost sight of that because obviously of the red card, of of the kind of ridiculous moments that we, we've talked about here. Um and and that's kind of the context that I suppose you would almost have to apply to those numbers, but they do still look decent, and I think. You know, you, you also touched on there the kind of underlying figures too in terms of you look at other strikers who are flops. I don't they've necessarily tended to have the, you know, some of them maybe have a lot of opportunities and just don't score at all. And then some of them just are on the periphery and it doesn't really fit in in terms of the supply line. Nunez has now scored three in his last four matches. He's got that goal record. And, you know, he he's very much involved, even if, like you say, it doesn't look like it's completely gelled yet. So I think I'd probably be encouraged by that. But, you know, the jury is still definitely out. Um, so I, I agree with you in that sense. I think a couple of things that struck me tonight were, once again, the speed with which he releases shots when he gets the ball. Does that point to kind of his desperation to to make an impact to get the goals? Maybe. It's definitely kind of from, I guess, an analytics point of view, isn't the most sensible because, you know, he's taken on very hard opportunities. You could say he's trying to catch the goalkeeper out, but people are going to start being ready for it now the amount that he does it. And also, his work off the ball tonight I thought was really good too um, in terms of his pressing. So, so that was nice. Obviously, an important uh, requirement um, for any Liverpool forward. But let's talk about some of the other players from tonight. Um, Matt, you were obviously at the game, so I don't know if you know this, but um, Ali McCoy, who was on commentary for Amazon, actually gave Declan Rice man of the match Um which maybe says 
more about Liverpool than it does West Ham in that there wasn't really a standout player from Liverpool in this performance. So obviously there's Milner and Allison with heroic moments, but aside from those two, is there anyone who really kind of grabbed your grabbed your attention tonight? Not particularly. I think I would have probably given it to Allison. I think obviously you know, the, the the goal from Darwin Nunez, but we've already touched on him. Other than that, the only the only match winner I think you can sort of point to is, is the save from Allison. I suppose even with him, there was a couple of moments, particularly early on in the first half, where he gave the ball away too easily. I think there was a few good signs from other players, but I don't think I can really argue too much with with Declan Rice being a standout. I think he certainly looked like the best in the midfield. I think he looked the, the most sort of the most mobile, almost the, the one who kind of moved across the ground the quickest. I know that's obviously been a a bit of an issue really for, for Liverpool in there. Thiago can do it, of course. Jordan Henderson, I thought, did okay. I thought he was pretty good tonight. And obviously Fabinho comes on and, and has a bit of a, a mixed performance as well. But I do think Declan Rice just looked you know, a, a level above, really. I think good signs a little bit from Fabio Cavallio. I know kind of started on the left, but didn't really stay there too much. Popped up all over the place. Mohamed Salah, a little bit quiet. Simicasa again a little bit quiet, didn't do a great deal. Yeah, the, the, there wasn't loads of standouts really, and I suppose that's kind of in, in keeping really with the game. The, the chances basically were the ones that Darwin Nunez had. Some of those were probably more half chances that he just chose to, to shoot from. At the other end, there, there was a couple. Obviously, late on there was a couple of moments, but particularly first half, Liverpool didn't really come under a sustained period of pressure. So. Yeah, it's it's hard really to, to pick out too many moments. There weren't loads and loads of chances. There weren't any sort of players who, who stood out by a mile. But I do think Declan Rice was good. But uh, yeah, I suppose other than the obvious ones, I suppose Jordan Henderson would, would probably be one. I think did pretty well and, and it kind of probably made more of an impact than Thiago did, which I suppose you can't really say that too often. Yeah, I was one of the things I was thinking when I was watching the game. In fairness, that. Henderson was definitely having one of his, his better nights during the season. Obviously, you know, Simakas, great cross, assist for the goal. But, you know, as you say there, impact kind of limited over the game as a whole. I'm looking now, is he actually the only chance that he created um, during the course of the match? In terms of other players, you know, I thought the the Milner cameo as a whole was, was kind of what was needed in a way. There were a few moments where I'm like, I think there was a couple of sort of long distance shots we take on and give the ball straight back to them. Like we kind of maybe needed someone who, who would take the ball to the corner. And it's one of the, the points I made with Milner is that I think the idea when you sign a, a veteran to a, a, a one year contract on reduced terms isn't for them to restart on games. It's for them to basically um, come on almost and, you know, start cup games and, and come on in these games where the objective is, is very much to like shut it down. Um, and he did that very well tonight, I thought. Obviously, played very well against City. So the past couple of games have gone have gone very well for Milner, you'd say, after the amount of criticism he's received this season, which is, has probably been fair enough. Um, but you sort of, with that, has to come the respect when he, when he delivers, I say. Um, other players, obviously, Alisson, like you say, it's funny, tonight will probably be the night where he gets the most acclaim in terms of any game this season, but it was also one of his ropier ones with those moments of poor distribution in the first half. So a little bit strange on that one, but he's arguably been Liverpool's best player this season. So, yeah. And I also would like to just quickly, before we move on, give a shout out to Firmino, 
who has obviously been scoring a lot of goals this season. Um, but also tonight and against City, I thought, was doing really well outside the box too in terms of getting on the ball and, and getting the supply to um, Salah or, or Nunez. I think it's been over the past couple of games. I really like that because I think that's been the area that's almost been overlooked, I'd say. Um, when we look at Roberto Firmino's decline, everyone, everyone looks at the, the goal-scoring numbers. People don't maybe look so much at the actual false nine play. I think that's been really good from him in the past couple of games. So, yeah, that'll pretty much do it for the West Ham aspect. Obviously, the next game is on Saturday lunchtime. So, a tight turn around there once again. Um, Nottingham Forest away. On Forest, Matt, they're not actually bottom of the Premier League, which is kind of surprising. That's still Leicester, who obviously have an absolute nightmare under Brendan Rodgers. But is it fair to say still that Forest are kind of clearly the weakest team in the Premier League at the moment? Yeah, I would say so. I don't expect Leicester to be in any trouble, to be honest. I think they'll be OK. Um, be interesting to see what they do with Brendan Rodgers, actually. But I certainly think that they've got a bit more quality and I think everyone's aware really of the problem at Forest is that they just had in some ways to sign lots of players I don't think they necessarily had to sign as many players as what they signed in the summer they probably could have got away with a, a couple less and to be honest I think one of the big problems was that they spent a lot of money in a lot of positions but not really at centre-back they've probably lacked it a little bit in in that position they're, they're not necessarily the, the strongest opponent in the world so Look, it'd be difficult, but Liverpool obviously went there at the back end of last season. Quarterfinals, was it, of the FA Cup, I think. It will be a tough atmosphere. It probably helps Liverpool that it's a lunchtime game because we know that those are a little bit quieter and all the rest of it. But yeah, I think I think for me, Forest will be the team that prop up the table at the end of the season. I'd be very surprised if there was anyone that finished below them. But having said that, it's only a few weeks ago that I said that about Bournemouth. So... It's um, it, it's one of those. It could go could go one or two ways for them. If it if it does click, they've got some really really good players. I do like a few of their individuals. It's just a case of can they gel those together, and that was never going to happen overnight. Yeah, definitely. I I wonder almost if when you, they've signed that amount of players, does it almost become a case of banking on after the World Cup? You know, ho- hoping that not too many of those players are are in the World Cup and you can keep a, a large amount of them back and you can almost have another pre-season with that new squad and do they say, okay, our only hope of staying up is putting a run together afterwards um, because, you know, when you sign that volume of players, they're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to sort of determine your best team or create a system that, that gels um, in any sort of time. And that's why I think everyone felt sorry for Steve Cooper, who they obviously decided to back quite heavily by, I think clearing out um, a few of the kind of backroom staff and and executive um, executives and giving the manager a new contract, which was kind of refreshing in a way. Um, obviously, I think a lot of people expected him to to be sacked, but it would have been maybe a little bit unfair. And was there a, a better? Was there anyone who could have done a better job? You'd have to say too. Obviously, another interesting thing with Forrest is that um, a couple of ex Liverpool players on the box in the whole sort of. Uh, melee of, of their squad, uh, Neko Williams, who, who's played very heavy part. I think a lot of their players actually kind of 
almost orchestrated around him. You know, he's I think he's right up there in their squad in terms of you know shots, chances, creative touches, all things like that. So he'll be playing a heavy part um, at the weekend. I do, you know, it, we can kind of say this now that he's not at Liverpool. I, I do kind of think it's a shame that we don't have Luis Diaz to go up against him because I think he probably is someone who, who we could expose. Um, certainly if he is get, if getting up the pitch and, and leaving space, I think that's a problem Liverpool maybe face now without Diaz or Jota is that you've only got really Cavalio and Jones maybe for that left-hand side role. And then obviously the other player is uh, Awaniyi, um, who has been on the bench the past couple of games. Um, didn't really actually play for Liverpool in a competitive match um, and hasn't made too big an impact so far. Um, but is maybe someone who will play a part and play a role um, at the weekend. So a couple of uh, interesting storylines on that one. Um, but to pivot it back to the Liverpool perspective on it, um, what changes would you sort of consider making uh, for this one, Matt? Obviously, we're in a really intense period right now, so rotation is going to be important. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not loads of options in the attack, is there? I think... I think there's probably a good chance that he sticks with the four four two. Like I said before, I'm not completely convinced of it, but it shouldn't it shouldn't matter in theory against a team like Forest. Liverpool should be able to to dominate. Because Thiago came off, didn't he? So I imagine he'll be be one that sticks in the team from the start. You probably want to get probably as many hours out of him as you can. Uh, take him off after an hour, maybe at Forest as well, and, and kind of keep him keep him fresh over the next few weeks and, and injury free, hopefully. So. Yeah, I, I, I suspect we're going to see two out of the three of Fabinho, Henderson and Thiago. Probably Fabinho will come back in. I'd maybe go Thiago and, and Fabinho just because even though I thought Henderson did quite well tonight, I think possibly it's it's just a case of, of rotating and, and keeping you know at least one of them off the pitch and, and able to, to come on. So I'd certainly expect to see that. I think it was quite harsh to drop Harvey Elliott tonight, so maybe that's with one eye on him playing possibly on the right-hand side. It would then allow Mohamed Salah to play through the middle, but then I suppose you've got a, a bit of a, a decision to make on the, the left-hand side. Do you go with Cavalio? I think I'd be a little bit worried away from home, I think, with, with him on the left-hand side, but then there's not really a great deal of other options. Curtis Jones came on and did okay, but is he ready to start yet? I'm not too sure, so... Probably I'd go Elliot on the right, Cavalio on the left, and then maybe Salah and Nunez through the middle. But uh, yeah, I think well, Robertson will come in at, at the back. Will probably the uh, the defence will, will stay as it is as well. But uh, yeah, there's there's not loads of options. I, I wouldn't expect, for example, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to play a part, or you know, one or two of the the options on the bench. I mean, Bobby Clark was on the bench wasn't he tonight. We're not going to see someone like that. So yeah, there's there's not loads of changes that can be made, but probably one in, in the centre of, of midfield. Maybe moving Salah back into the, the centre again would, would probably be the way that I would go about it. Because I think you know it, it worked far too well against Manchester City and has done you know, against Rangers. I think he played a little bit through the middle against possibly Ajax in the Champions League. There's certainly another game where he did that. And then you, you compare that to when he's been stuck out on the right, certainly on the right of a, a midfield four. It just hasn't quite worked properly. So I'd certainly want to see him back into the centre. And I wouldn't be against a bit of Darwin Nunez on the left-hand side, but I think that's probably one that you do at home and take that risk then rather than away. So, yeah, be interesting to see which way he goes. But, yeah, there's not loads and loads of options as there with the injuries that we've got at the moment. Yeah, and I think, like, like I touched on, the left-hand side is the, the big one with that. 
I think it's seven more games until the World Cup from here. Are we going to persist with this formation, knowing that it's essentially Cavalio or Jones, potentially Nunez there, um, until then, or do we maybe go towards more of a, a narrow midfield diamond? So I think that's a bit of a, a headache for Clap In terms of changes for this game, I think Robertson will come back in at left-back from the start. Um, Fabinho into the midfield. I'm glad, um, as you touched on there, Thiago came off early. Certainly points to him uh, being managed and, and hopefully playing this one at the weekend. Jones, I think, could start on the left. Um, there is definitely a high degree of management, especially with the injury that he did suffer. Um, but maybe a sort of a 60-minute job. And then, you know how sometimes it kind of like pre-plan a change um, before the game. I think that could be sort of a 60 minutes Cavalio comes on for Jones. Um, I agree. I think Elliot probably coming back in. On, on the right-hand side of the midfield and then pushing Salah into a front two uh, with Nunez. Um, which, again, isn't it a little bit harsh on Firmino, but I think, especially given what we saw last season, it's good to protect him from injuries too. And obviously, he can make an impact um, off the bench, I'd say. So that, I feel, is kind of the likely rotation for that one. I'm glad that case will be coming back soon because I think that could possibly give us another option in uh, the two central midfield positions. I feel like you've almost got to divide the the midfield pool now into players who are going to be shifted out wide and then the players who can play in the two. Um, also, I probably could have done that. Unfortunately, he got injured, um, but Case is close to coming back now. So I think he could maybe feature um, in that position. So, yeah, that is going to about do it for this episode. Um, thanks again to Matt for hopping on. We'll be back after the Nottingham Forest game and ahead of the game against Ajax in the Champions League. In the meantime, if you enjoyed the podcast, please give it a five-star review on Spotify. Please subscribe or follow it on whatever podcast platform you might be using. And yet we will see you next week, but until then, take care.